Now we're going to be in a couple different places this morning, but I just wanted to speak this morning from the, from the Word of God and from my heart about what is, what's going on in culture right now, what's going on in our world. And I, and I think in order for us to, to, to look at the world in which we live and to see the things that's going on, to see the things that are going on in this world, we seriously have to get a better picture of who Jesus is. Because if we get our eyes off of Christ, and we get our eyes away from the the truth of the Word of God and who Jesus Christ is, then I I think we're going to be really disconcerted. We're going to be really worried. We're going to be really just afraid. And Luke chapter 21, it tells us that that, um, there's coming a day when men and women's hearts will fail them for the amount of fear that falls on them. Um, verse 26 says, People fainting with fear with a foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the power of the heavens will be shaken. And they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds and the power of the glory. Now, when you see these things begin to take place, straighten up. Straighten up. And raise your head because your redemption is drawing near. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I do believe that it's dark, but it's gloriously dark. And we, this is the season and the time when we need to be pressing into the things of Christ rather than worried about what is potentially coming. <clears throat> because at the end of the day, Jesus Christ rules the day. Amen? Jesus Christ is the one who ro- rules the day. And I know that our world is a crazy, fearful place. It just is. I mean, you, you pick up your phone, you look at the news, you turn on any station. It doesn't matter what, what group you listen to, whether it's CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, the local news. There's something to be afraid of. There's something to be scared of. There's something to be concerned or worried about. There's something. Um, God's in the process of redeeming this world, amen? He's in the process of reconciling and redeeming and bringing things all back to Himself. And sure, there's things to be fearful of in the world, but I I need you guys to know something that I personally think can help us reconstruct in our minds this idea. God's in control, amen? God is sovereignly in control. And you say, oh, well, that's... That's it? That's why I came to church this morning for you to tell me that God's in control. Wow. Really? Here's the thing. In rooms like this, we yes and amen. We shake our heads and we say yes and amen. I do. And I I read it and I see it and it goes into my through my eyes and into my spirit and I know it. But here's what I can tell you the truth about the entire thing is that God is in control. You say, well, Caleb, that doesn't I need something now. But here's the thing, the world in which we live, people are absolutely terrified and we need to understand the God's in control. Did you know that 40 million adults, this is just adults, 40 million adults are diagnosed with some type of anxiety or fear. Um, I've got this list, which I think is interesting. You know what the top fear is right now? I, I I just looked this up this week. The number one fear is the fear of flying. I don't understand that by any stretch of the imagination. Like, that's my wife's fear. My wife absolutely 
cannot, if she was here, she would tell you she cannot stand to fly. We flew a couple years ago. We went to um, Panama City, Florida to do a youth camp. And the guy that was putting it on and by said, hey, you can bring your wife with you. I was like, yes, that's awesome. So I took her with me and we flew down and the flight down was totally fine. No problems whatsoever. But the flight back was problematic. Um, we got, if you guys have ever flown, we were getting ready to hit the runway. Like getting ready to land and hit the runway. You could see out the windows. You could see the yellow strips of the landing strip as they went by. And I was like, okay, here, just normal flying. Because I like to fly there's no problems for me. But Jamie's nervous already, and all of a sudden, instead of hitting the landing pad, the jet flies straight up and like launches straight up and like pushed both of us back. She immediately dug her claws into my arm. I still have marks from that, and she said to me, she had, she's like, and she starts hitting the stewardess button. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, there's something wrong. Something's going wrong with this plane. I said, honey. And the stewardess comes down the aisle. And she's like, can I help you, ma'am? She goes, why are we not landing? Well, I, I'm not sure what's going on. And the, the, as we're going out, we're coming back around Tulsa. And we're coming back towards downtown. And in her mind, there's a terrorist that's taken over the plane. And we're going to the buildings. It's over with. It's done. And I said, honey, there's something. I'm sure there's something. And the guy gets on the radio, the captain of the plane, gets on the plane and says, ladies and gentlemen, we had a little interference there. We had to make a circle around the t- around town. We'll be landing here momentarily. Just enjoy this movie while we get everything worked out. They put on the film Bucket List, The Things You Do Before You Die. My wife did not think that funny at all. She was not happy. So, I, so this is the number one fear in the world right now. Is It used to be, it used to be sp- public speaking. Now that's moved to number two. Public speaking is now the second greatest fear. And so this is above dying. Like there's people that are more afraid to fly in airplanes or public speak than to die. Like, that's just crazy to me. The number three fear I can get on board with, number three is arachnophobia. Anybody else? Sam, are you scared of spiders? Like, I'm terrified of spiders. Obviously, you're scared of spiders. I'm terrified of spiders. Like, they, they bother me. My wife doesn't have a problem with spiders. Now, snakes, she has an issue with snakes. But I don't have a problem with snakes, but she does. She can not fly, but I can. And so we've got this, we're trying to balance each other out, I guess. But there's all these crazy fears that, I mean, I've got this whole list, but there's even a fear of lightning and thunder. It, it's called brontophobia. Like, so there's, if, the, if you can think of a fear, there's something to be afraid of. Like, there's a ton of stuff that's going on in the world in which we live, and everyone is absolutely terrified of something for some reason. And like I said, 40 million adults are diagnosed with some sort of fear or anxiety or phobia, and they're taking medication for it. How many of people are not diagnosed and are not um, clinically told or telling you know by a doctor that they're afraid of but they just they just live with it there's a lot to be afraid of there's a lot of things that are happening in the world in which we live so when i stand here and say 
I think we need to hear that God is in control. It's something I think everybody needs to hear, including me. We all need to hear that God is in control. So in saying that, I want us to get in our Bibles, and we're going to go to Psalms chapter 29. So if you've got your Bibles, go to Psalms 29. <clears throat> and we're just going to read this verse by verse and just go through it and, and look at what God's Word says about this. Because like I said... This entire chapter is just about the power of God's voice. Just the power of his voice. And so there's a lot of voices that are trying to assert themselves as the most powerful in the world in which we live. The Republicans, the Democrats, the Independents, the, whatever, this, whatever Kanye West party is. I'm not sure what his is. It's the what? It's the birthday party. You can't make this stuff up, guys. He's running. I mean, Kanye West is running for president. I mean, but then again, never mind. There's, there's so many people that are like, it's 2020. Here we go. Right? But so we've got all these voices that are trying to assert themselves as the most powerful. I want you guys to see from the word of God this morning that I confirm, I will firmly stand upon that God's voice is the most powerful. Amen? So we're going to just look at how powerful his voice is. Let's start. Verse 1. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory that is due his name. Worship the Lord in splendor and in holiness. So I'm going to stop right there. Just the two first, the first two verses, 1 and 2. We need to understand. We need to ascribe. God deserves glory regardless of the situation. He deserves glory that is due his name. John Piper said that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That is, that is the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So when I see things, you know, and we've talked about the holiness of God. When I hear somebody says, oh, the man upstairs or JC or they just use some sort of slang term for who God is. It really bothers me because God deserves utter glory that is due his name. Look at this. Ascribe to the Lord of heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory that's due his name. It's do his name. Worship him in splendor and in holiness. So that's the first thing we have to come into to understanding is God deserves his glory. And he deserves our worship regardless of what we get in the end. And I know we're transactional people and that causes us a dilemma. But God deserves glory. Let's keep going. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and siren like a young unicorn. It's in the Bible. Uh, the voice of the Lord flashes forth flame of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord shakes 
the wilderness. I'm sorry, wilderness, and then he shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Got that backwards there. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, all cry glory. So, I, I mean, look at this. This, like, you may be sitting there saying, Caleb, I don't know about this thing. God's in control. I need something to help me get through this next week. The election's this next week, and I'm freaking out, and I'm worried, and I'm nervous. I need something to help me where I'm sitting at right now. Well, I'm telling you that God's voice is the most powerful, and it has the ability to wage war on the world in which we live, and He has the power. He can run things going left or right, and He's in control. He's in control. John chapter 16 verse 33 says, I have told you these things, but listen, we live in a world that has fallen and broken because of sin. We live in that kind of setting right now. It is broken, it is messed up, it is, it's wicked to the core. So it should not shock us that tribulation is here. I'm just going to tell you guys something. We will, as believers, walk through some form of tribulation in our lifetime. Some of us have already walked through some of that. There's going to be trials. There's going to be problems. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be issues because we live in a broken and sinful world. But Jesus says, take heart for I have overcome this world. So I want us to break this apart. And look at this. Like just the power of God's voice. Look at this. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. Like it's. When, he, when God in the beginning of Genesis chapter 3, he said, let there be. Like he was over that. He let it happen. He, he created it with the spoken ability out of his mouth. The glory of God, it thunders. Like his glory is thunderous and it's beautiful and it's majestic. Think about when you see a big, if, if you're out on the open plains, you ever seen a big thunderstorm? The big the clouds go way up into the sky and you see the lightning flashing inside of that. I think of that when I look at, when I think of the glory of God, I think of that. Like the beauty of that giant. I mean, it's, it's clear off to the sides, but there's just that big storm. And it's just this big thing of clouds and there's lightning flashing and there's just a big thunderous. It just shakes the ground. And I think of that when I think of this, the glory of God, it thunders. It thunders. The Lord is over many waters. And the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. So when He speaks, it's full of power. And it's full of majesty. And it's full of beauty. And it's full of of sovereign just ability. Look at this. He breaks the cedars. Just the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. He breaks the cedars. He breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes the he makes Lebanon makes Lebanon skip like a calf just because of the power of his voice. Like the whole woohoo! It just skip like a calf, and then the voice of the Lord flashes forth fire. I think of his like how powerful that is. And this is the God we serve. This is the God we worship. The, the power of his voice is just. Flashes forth flame of fire. The voice of the Lord, it shakes the wilderness. It shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. And the voice, now look at that, I love this. The voice, like we're worried about who's going to be in charge. God's voice is, deer, give birth. Boom, done. Like the deer doesn't argue and say, you know what, no, I can't. No, I won't. No, God says, deer, give birth. And he gives birth, to give, or she gives birth. Like, this is the power of the God we serve. He 
gives, he gives these commands and he strips the forest bare with just the power of his voice. And all that are in his temple, their cry is not, hey, what's up? It's glory, glory, glory. He sits enthroned over the floods. Now look at this. Let's keep going in verse 10 and 11 because this is the crux of the entire thing. The Lord sits enthroned over the floods. How many of you guys have ever felt like in your own life it feels like... How many of you guys have ever been in a flood or seen a flood happen? All of us in the room. I can think of when I was a kid growing up in Bartlesville, flood of 1986. That was... Andy, you, you remember? You guys were there? It was a big deal. Like it wiped out Bartlesville. It literally cut the town in half. You couldn't get from one side to the other. And it destroyed everything. Floods destroy everything. When floods happen, they destroy lives, they destroy homes, they destroy structures, they mess stuff up. So when the the verbiage here says the Lord sits enthroned over the floods, he's over all of those things. Like he's like it doesn't matter. Like those things don't even trip don't even bother him. Like he sits over that. He's He's bigger than the floods in your life. So some of you may be walking through some serious, serious stuff. I don't want to negate that and say, man, your stuff isn't that big of a deal. Because it is that big of a deal. It is a big deal. But I need you to understand something. The God of the universe sits over that. And not only does he sit over it. Look what, keep going to verse 10. The Lord sits enthroned as king for a couple of weeks. Is that what the text says? How long is he sitting throne? Forever. How long is forever? Alan, how long is forever? I can't tell you. It can't tell you. It's been, it's a long time. Forever is a long time. He's in charge forever. He sits as king forever. He's the king of the universe. He's king over your life forever. Now look at this. As a result of that, this is the king of the world. Nothing happens in our world. Nothing happens in our culture. Nothing happens in our political arenas without first going through the filter of Jesus Christ. You say, well, wait a minute. I don't like what came through the filter. I don't like it. I don't like the candidates. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like our governor. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. But the okay was given by the God of the universe for that person to be in charge. The scripture says that he sets up and takes down kings. So God, whoever's in charge come November 4th is there because God said okay. And let me just tell you, our nation deserves the wrath of God. Because we have abandoned a scriptural principle We have abandoned a biblical worldview. We have run away from and pushed God out of the square, the civil square, and asked him not to be a part of it. He's a gentleman. And he said, you know what? You know what? In Romans chapter 1, I'll just let you have it. Have a good time. I'll abandon you and let you do this on your own. And look what happens. The entire place falls apart. But I want you to understand something. He's... Nothing happens without first him coming into the, letting it happen. None of this is shocking him. We talked about this in Sunday school. Well, Alita said this morning, none of this is catching him off guard. He's not going up and going, oh my goodness, seriously, Kanye? He's not doing that. 
He's not worried about that. He's not concerned about that. None of this is catching him off guard. He's not surprised. He is in control. He is in control. He is enthroned as king over the flood. Now, here's the beautiful thing about as God is the king of the universe and he's king over this. Look what happens as the benefit of being his kids. Verse 11. Now, may the Lord give strength to his people and may the Lord bless his people with peace. So this is the beautiful thing about all of this is that God's grace, God's power, God's sovereignty, God's voice speaks into our lives. And as a result of him speaking into our lives, this is what we get. When we see God as who he is and we get our eyes off of the crazy of the world and we see God... That's what happened to Isaiah. Isaiah, there was crazy in the land of Israel. And Isaiah left the crazy for a minute and went in to check in and see where God was. He saw God sitting on his throne high and lifted up. And he saw him and he no longer was worried about the things that were going on in his country. I think if we started to look at Jesus for who he was and is. And we see him for who the scripture paints him to be. We're not going to worry about the things that are going on in our country. Because he's the God who sits enthroned over all things. And as a result of that, he speaks into our lives. And as a result of that, what happens? May the Lord give strength to his people. So Caleb, I'm just, I'm exhausted. How many guys are just exhausted from the, like, the cycle of the politics right now? Anybody? Am I the only one? I'm exhausted from it. I'm I'm done. I'm just... But this is the beautiful thing about this is to say, God, I'm exhausted, but I know that you're, you, God, are an inexhaustible well. And I pray that you would give me strength. And the Lord gives strength to his people. And as a result of giving us strength, may the Lord bless his people with peace. God takes care of his kids. Amen. God takes care of his family. His people. His people. And I think of Romans chapter 8. Look at Romans 8. It's, it's good to see it. This is one of my favorites. Romans 8 has this beautiful picture starting in verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Is it not God who justifies? Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised and he's now at the right hand of God and he is interceding on behalf of us. Jesus is interceding on behalf of us. This is back to may the Lord grant his people strength and peace. Like this is the God we serve. He's the most powerful voice. He has the most ability. He has the, he has the ultimate, ultimate ability. He has the, the, the strength and the majesty and the power to do what only God can do. So he is now interceding on our behalf. He's interceding on our behalf. Like he's praying for you this morning that you'd have victory over your sins and over this fallen world. 
Verse 36. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it's written, for your sake we're being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. Like, this was the church in this day. People were being slaughtered. People were being killed. There were tribulations. Who's going to separate us from God? If they cut your head off, they can't separate you from the God of the universe. Who's going to separate you? What what will separate you? Tribulation? Nope. Distress? Nope. Persecution? Nope. Famine? Nope. Nakedness? Nope. Danger of the sword? No, 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 no. Verse 37. No. In, oh, comma. In all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, or presidents, or congressmen, or senators, or mayors, or governors, nor things present, nor I just I added that was Caleb's addition in there, I'm sorry. I'll put that in parentheses. Nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. It That is in Christ Jesus, our capital L-O-R-D, Lord. Like this is who his people are. This is what we have to look forward to. Nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. This, like this, should, guys. This is this this is the season of life where we should get excited. I know that there's a lot going on, and here's the thing: I have a preference. I have a strong preference on who I'd like to see win. But here's the end of the day: Jesus Christ is King, and He is sitting on the throne. He is the one that I worship. I don't worship Donald Trump. I don't worship. My congressmen, I, I have preference. I like them. I like some of their policies, but I don't worship them. I worship Christ Jesus. And at the end of the day, 10,000 years from now, you know what's going to matter? That he is the king of my heart. That's what's going to matter for you in 10,000 years is that Jesus is the king of your heart. That's, that's the key to this entire thing. His voice. So whose voice is the most powerful? The Lord Jesus Christ. His voice is stronger than anything else out there. His voice is stronger than the Democrats or the Republicans or the birthday party or the independents. It doesn't matter. His voice is the most powerful. So yes, are there things to be afraid of? Yeah. Are there things to be worried about? Yeah. Are there things to be concerned about? Sure. People fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming onto the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with the power of the great glory. And now when you see these things begin to take place. Now, like we're not even close to this yet. We're we're not there yet. We're, We're just not. But when you see things start to take place, What's that old saying? When things are falling apart, they're not falling apart. They're falling into what? By God's grace, they're falling into place. 
Things aren't falling apart. God's got this whole thing. He's putting this together. He is moving this to a divine end. Just, there's, there's a lease date on where we are. And he's going to build a new one. <laughs> Praise God. He's going to build a new one. And here's the deal. Sam, you and I get new bodies. Are you excited about that one? Sam and I get new bodies. So do you. If you're in Christ, we get new bodies. Like we don't have this fallen, messed up carcass. We're going to have a divine nature and a divine body at the end of this thing. When he comes and he sets up his king, I get a new body. You get a new body. How, how many of y'all woke up this morning with an extra pain somewhere? And I'm not talking about your spouse. I'm, I'm sorry. Stick to the notes. How do you guys woke up this morning with an extra pain? There's coming a day when that's going to be gone. We serve the God who has the, the spinal say, the most powerful voice, and he's going to set this thing up, and it's going to be new. What's it say? Now when you see these things that take place, straighten up. I love that. How many of you guys have ever, your parents ever looked at you and said, straighten up, boy? Anybody? Ever? Amen. Straighten up, Gabe. Quit acting like that. I, I look at that. He said, now stop. I can just see God. Quit worrying about that. Just straighten up. Straighten up. Look, get your head up. Stop looking at the circumstances around. Oh, you don't know what's going on around. Oh, we're holy navel gazing. Oh, oh. What are we going to do? Oh, are we going to make it? Are you? Hey, we win in the end. We win. Because we're on the side of the winning God of the universe. Let me just say, we don't win. Jesus wins. And as a result of Jesus winning, we get that benefit. Amen? Jesus wins, and so we get to benefit that. So he says, straighten up. Get your head up, because your redemption is drawing near. Amen? Hallelujah! God is on the march. God is on the move. He, he is putting things into place that are needed. Don't worry. I said, Caleb, I'm not in Christ. Well, you can be. You can be. How do you know? And you, I was just asking, you know you're going to heaven when you die. Do you? Well, I hope so. Well, we, can, we're, we have the authority of God's word that we have better than I hope so. <laughs> Amen? We have more than I hope so. We have, we can know that we know that we know that we know that Christ rules and reigns in our hearts. So that's, that's my hope for us. Who has the most powerful voice? Jesus Christ has the most powerful voice. Amen?